Florin Trees, Principal Research Lead for Knowledge Management at APQC. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to APQC Podcasts on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts. Today, I have the special treat of being here with representatives from three fantastic knowledge management programs, all of whom will be speaking at APQC's upcoming 2022 conference. So we have quite a crowd on the podcast today, so I'm going to have everyone who's here introduce themselves. Kelly, do you want to give us a start? Thank you, Lauren. My name is Kelly Souders with TR Team One with the U.S. Navy. My name is Winita Coyle. I'm the Knowledge Management System Owner, KMSO, and I'm also with Carrier Team One. I'm Allison Wilkins, the Director of Knowledge Management at Prudential. I'm Ian Pfaff, Chief Knowledge Officer, U.S. Army Training and Doctrine Command. And I'm Mike Prevost, the Deputy Chief Knowledge Officer here at uh, Trading and Doctrine Command. Fantastic. Well, obviously, when you have a range from financial services to military, you have uh, diverse CAM objectives, CAM experiences, but you've all have that shared experience of building and evolving knowledge management programs over time. And I think that wide lens view of what makes knowledge management successful. And so I thought it would be fun to talk a little bit about all of your knowledge management journeys. So the first question I have is, what is the smartest thing that your organization did to really make your knowledge management journey a success? Kelly, do you want to kick us off? I would love to. Thank you so much. So for Care Team One, I really think there are two defining moments that really created that success for our organization. And I think the big thing is right from the very start, leadership recognized that need for knowledge management and process improvement. And even though they might not have fully understood what KM was at that time, because that was 1997 when it was starting to get really popular and it was new to the industry, they still knew that we needed something in place to start improving our carrier maintenance. Um, I think the other thing was we started very simple and we aligned directly with the organization's vision and mission. And I think that was essential to the success of our organization, as well as knowing the customer. Uh, Juanita, do you think there's anything else that I missed that really defined that success? When we came about, I found other companies when they decided to rebuild they wiped everything clean and they lost it. I think it's really important to build off your foundation. It's the key to keep the continual buy-in of the personnel. In our profession, our individuals, they'll leave the community for a while. They may be gone for a year or two, but when they come back, they recognize the program. And then it's easy for them to step back in. All they have to do is learn the new revision. So I think that strong foundation really helped us out. Yeah, I'd like to jump in from the Army side, if you don't mind. This is Mike. And I think one of the things that really helped us is we stopped talking or stopped using KM language and started using the operational language of whatever organization we were supporting, right? We talked about how we can enable the organization to do X or Y and, and, and putting that in their operational terms that they could understand. And then they started to to see the value and what we could bring to the table. Yeah. And I want to jump onto that because that, that makes a great point from the, 
from the operational perspective and, you know, not using, you know, the language of KM practitioners, but, you know, I think from a, what's one of the smartest or most unique things that we've done recently, uh, you know, our, our commanding general, General Funk is all about kind of dominating the information space. And he's very passionate about KM and believes that he's one of the first KM practitioners uh, in the army. And I, I believe that that assessment's correct. Uh, he, he started, uh, you know, this journey way back when, uh, when KM was just coming uh, into fruition and, and um, folks were starting to uh, practice it. So he was doing that on the battlefield. But one of the things that he views, uh, one of the things he helped us to view, I think, was to, instead of talking to ourselves, how do we see ourselves through KM and how do we tell that story to others? So he challenged us to do that. So instead of just talking internally to the organization about the organization, he challenged us to tell the KM story to everyone. And so through that, we've actually created a KM documentary to tell the story of knowledge management, not only in TRADOC, but for the Army. So, so on the business side, on the internal side, it's exactly what Dr. Bravo is saying, what Mike's saying. Uh, but externally, we're trying to communicate that as well. Why is KM important to the Army? Why is it important to senior leaders? Why is it important to uh, the folks who show up to work every day? So I think that's a really smart and unique approach, and it's something that's different. Um, and, and a quick plug, we're glad to share that documentary with anyone who's interested in seeing it. Fantastic. And Allison, I love your perspective on this as well from the private sector. What uh, sort of smart decisions do you feel like your program has made that it has allowed it to, to evolve and, and sustain? Yeah, I think a lot of what others have said. I know, you know, one of the things that we did up front was, you know, creating a very detailed business case that really told the story, the benefits, the the ROI, all, you know, all of the key things to really get that executive um, leadership buy-in up front. And something else that we did too that um, I really owe the success to is leveraging the APQC framework. That really helped us um, have the right mindset, not boil the ocean, and really look at doing um, this rollout in phases, which really helped tremendously. Well, we'd love to hear that the APQC resources have been valuable to people. I think one of the themes across uh, a lot of what you all have said is around aligning to the organization, the business, uh, the mission, and making sure that you're providing value. I wanted to get your perspectives on how you do that quickly, because we all know that KM can lose support in a hot minute if people don't see that value. So, so what can you do in the really early stages of the program to create that buy-in and help people see the value? So I really look at this in four key components. One, we used Agile, and that allowed us to test and learn and really enhance the process with each phase and then apply it with any additional phases. Um, we used a distinctive positioning of pre-migration, migration, and post-migration, and this really helped us outline detail activities with specific roles and responsibilities um, two, we established a very strong change management and communication program, um, which really helped with engaging leaders across the organization, um, individuals, um, all the way, all the way through. 
Um, we created leadership uh, toolkits and SME toolkits. So everyone knew what was going to happen, when it was going to happen, and what their role was. Um, we also did open houses prior to migration. So it gave individuals a sense of, you know, what's this new tool going to look like? What's this new environment going to be like? And what's in it for me? What are the benefits? And then after migration, we did office hours. So people could come and ask us any questions that they had or raise any concerns. And then lastly, um, number four, we integrated a reward and recognition program. So individuals that were adopting the new tool and the new philosophy, they were rewarded and recognized and, and we celebrated those wins. Ian, Michael, do you have any perspective on, on what you did, obviously in a very different environment to identify the, those quick wins and create buy-in? I would just say that, that, you know, KM is social, right? And so getting out there and talking to leaders about, uh, and, and their staffs about, um, uh, about what their problems are, really listening to them and figuring out what their pain points are, um, were, were, I think, really important ways that, that we heard uh, from the customer what they what they needed, and then um, we try to help them solve some of those problems first because if if we can create some disciples out there, then those disciples uh, sing our praise at other places and and then other people will come to us uh, for for some support um, I really uh, I love the 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 approach Allison took there um, I, I think that's a, a a great way to go about it I think you you've got to have this kind of a package to, to work your way through whatever the, the change initiative is that, that you're talking about. And, and I, I really like the approach that she laid out as well. Yeah, the, the, we've adopted Agile here as well. And, you know, it really, it's, it's really interesting when you, when you encounter, uh, you know, a senior leader or a customer who's never dealt with that before, you know, they're typically used to the waterfall approach and, um, you know, getting things much, much later. And I think, you know, as, as KM matures as a discipline, when we adopt things like agile and we put it into our internal process, uh, folks really see the value, you know, because you're, you're, you're capturing the needs of the customer, you're iterating with them, they become a part of the process, you deliver a solution, and, and, and you're, you're helping to build their knowledge as well. And, and then they become that disciple or that acolyte who's out there, you know, spreading the good word. Hey, look what the KM folks did for us. They took a project that was going off the rails and taking months and months to complete, and we got it done in a month, you know. So uh, we, we've certainly adopted that here, especially as we're dealing with you know, the, the, the change management piece with Army 365 migration. So moving to Office 365, essentially, in, in uh, layman's terms, but and in another uh, a number of other areas where we've supported things like with interactive social media guides and so on and so forth, that, that agile approach has really been a game changer for us. And we we try to do everything that way from, you know, daily scrums to just um, culturally having that kind of balanced team approach where, you know, everyone converges on a project and everyone's part of the project to deliver success. And I, I think that's, that's helped us tremendously. Our chairman, Carla O'Dell, always says people uh, support what they help create. And I think Agile creates that feeling of inclusiveness and makes people bought in right from the get-go. So that's great to hear. So, I always like to ask what works for people, but also what what doesn't work. Um, you know, I know you all have some hard won lessons learned. So 
if an organization is just getting started in knowledge management or, or building their KM program from scratch, is there anything that you would tell them not to do? Yeah, this is Juanita. I would don't throw everything at the crowd first. Keep it simple. It needs to be doled out in simple chunks so they can understand. You need their buy-in. Um, don't assume the buy-in is going to be quick. It will take time. If you try to rush it, you're going to turn people off. Like I, Allison mentioned earlier, you will have the what's in it for me individuals. Be prepared to promote the program endlessly. We have lost our voices singing the praises of Carrier Team One. We just keep reminding ourselves that we're building the foundation. If your foundation is strong, which should be your goal, you want the program to survive after you leave. But it's going to take time in the beginning. We um, keep it simple. Don't ignore the culture. Is there anything else, Kelly? Well, and I think those are all really important things that we typically do when we're trying to start something new. I think one other thing is don't do it on your own. You know, we all sometimes want to figure it out and be creative and find some new way to do things. But I think, um, you know, per the first question, you know, one of our successes is we got partnered up right away with industry. Um, Chevron was uh, actually a huge piece of helping our program development, uh, which tied us directly to APQC. Um, so you can get a lot of great best practices. And part of KM is sharing knowledge and using it from other industries. And so I definitely would recommend don't do it on your own. And, and, and it takes some time to have some patience because if you don't get the buy-in and if you don't do it the right way, uh, you'll end up feeling frustrated and working really hard. Uh, anyone else have any thoughts on that? Yeah, to piggyback off of what you said, I, I totally agree on, you know, don't boil the ocean, right? Keep it simple, as you said. Um, I think it's really easy to want to do everything at once, but you don't want to set unrealistic goals or timelines. And uh, using a phased approach really does help um, to make enhancements along the way. Um, But I think one of the other critical pieces to this is making sure that uh, the folks that this impacts are engaged along the way. So I know one of the things we did is we incorporated feedback loops at each phase so that they felt that their voices were heard and listened to. So I think that is so very important. Um, It's sort of like having little mini champions out there in the businesses. And I think somebody else had mentioned that that earlier, but that helps you make iterative changes as, as you're going along your journey instead of trying to do everything at once. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more. And I think when you're, when you're first starting to build a program out and um, thankfully this is now my, my second program uh, that I've had the privilege to serve as a CKO on. And, you know, my first program, I was a team of one for 38,000 people, which is quite daunting. That's a, that's a, it's a bit scary coming into work every day. How, how am I going to do this? I, you know, you kind of panic a little bit. And, you know, that's where I, I partnered with, with APQC and private sector. I, at the time with the Corps of Engineers, I worked with, um, you know, ConocoPhillips and um, Floor and folks who were recognized as, as having those best practices. So I, I, I can't, I can't, uh, you know, uh, accentuate that enough. I mean, that's so important to leverage the, the knowledge 
uh, and the skills and the best practices that are already out there from folks who've experienced that. But, you know, I think if, you know, when you find yourself in more of a mature program that's been running for a long time, uh, one of the things that I did when I got here was, you know, at, at times KM, you know, I, I love the KM community so much. I think oftentimes, though, it gets, we get a bit focused on theory and sometimes we get a little light on execution. And I think that challenges leaders when they're not, you know, they're, well, what is KM? Why are you doing it? Um, so what I did was when building the team here, I made sure that everything that I, you know, that I was doing was focused on finding practitioners, folks who A, wanted to be a part of the team and B, were, were seasoned experts, the best that I could possibly find, uh, and who were not afraid to change and not afraid to change at this type of scale. Where we're talking you know, 150,000 people, 300 plus practitioners, 23 locations. I mean, that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a big effort. And to focus on how do we standardize? How do we align? How are we focused on the business? How do we do di- things differently? We're always talking about the importance of process. Well, here, what we decided was to make, the, make a concerted effort to leadership and say, hey, I think it would be best if we align the continuous process improvement program with knowledge management. So knowledge can truly flow through our processes and we can truly identify those processes. But to do that, we have to be one team and we can't be, you know, we can't be on our, be on our own little island. So, um, so I think that's, you know, what I'd offer in terms of where you'd begin um, depending on where you, where you are when you arrive at your program. Well, I think you have all given great advice around how you build step-by-step and, and some really good ideas for how you maintain momentum. But I'm wondering if you have any additional advice on how to keep that energy going, especially as years become decades and it's very easy for the status quo to kind of become ingrained. Um, you know, how you how you sustain that momentum and then how you take things to the next level and, and get the energy and the buy-in for that. Well, I'll jump in here. And, uh, you know, I would, I would say that you've got to be seen in your organization as a problem solver for the organization, truly in support of, of not just the leadership in the organization, but the staff that's wrestling with how do they mobilize knowledge within their particular section or organization. So you've got to be a really good listener and you've got to get out there and hear their pain points uh, and then help them solve their problems. Um, That goes back to the discipleship thing that I talked about before, but but it's that discipleship piece that actually creates that momentum that gets you to kind of to expand the program from sort of one director to the other as they as they buy in. Well, if it worked for them uh, or the boss gets up and says, look at how good they're doing. Well, then we need some of that, too. And so that that tends to create a little momentum in, in that area there. Um, I, I also think you have to fight to have a seat at the uh, you know, we, we kind of call it around Thanksgiving, you know, the adult table, right, where all the big people sit because they're the ones having the meaningful conversations and they're expressing um, the, the organizational objectives. And so you've got to be listening to that and finding ways that you can offer to uh, enable that particular capability or that new particular product um, or that that communication strategy uh, to get out there to, to wherever they want it and to achieve whatever uh, objective it is. You're, you're not the only tool, uh, but you're a tool that's sometimes overlooked. And I think if you're not sitting at the table, uh, you're not able to sort of influence uh, getting KM into that and maintaining that momentum. 
Wow, those are all really great points. I was just going to um, add that um, in addition to everything that you said, I think the other piece that's really important is um, including some kind of reward and recognition program. So that's something that we do to celebrate successes, really celebrate those that have adopted the tool, um, you know, kind of looking at them as our power users those that are championing and and helping others um, adopt. So we acknowledge that. We also celebrate, um, you know, small successes and and make sure that the team feels like they're being acknowledged as well. Um, And I know recently we just um, conducted several focus group sessions with end users because we wanted to make sure that KM continues to add value um, and not assume, right? So really listening um, to what folks had to say. And, you know, I was really surprised that we, you know, we had everybody very engaged and participate in the conversation. Um, and, and really, um, you, you felt that enthusiasm and we all walked away saying, wow, there are low hanging fruit. And then there's other things that we could do that are going to take a lot more development. Um, but showing the individuals that, that, you know, our users, right? KM users that we um, we're listening and we're making change, I think is critical. I would love to just add on to that, Allison. Thank you. Um, absolutely agree with those. And we really, right now in Care Team One, we are actually in a state of that momentum that uh, that moving train where everyone momentum really gives that energy. It increases the morale of the group. It increases your team productivity, which really um, continues to help us to grow and move forward and really get that value that we can show to our senior leadership. Uh, So where we are at right now is, you know, we just came through an entire assessment, came through a, a pretty large strategic framework to get where we are today. And so we had to kind of step back and figure out, all right, we, we made it to that level three. You know, how can we keep what we have today, but continue to grow as we move forward? Um, Juanita, did you have anything to kind of add about where we're at today and how we're continuing that? Like Allison said, we always, we look at our processes and review them every couple of years to see how we can um, take it one step farther. I do want to mention while Kelly looks at the broad picture being the program director, she's very good at it. I'm more at the day-to-day, and sometimes the KM will become stagnant a little bit because we have a high level of churn on some of these projects. So my advice at that point is to listen because you're going to teach them the processes and the approaches. As these new people learn, they start asking the why questions. And those wise questions are the start of new momentum to move it forward. So listen to those questions because that can help propel your program even farther. I think you all have fantastic ideas for continuous improvement in KM. And we all know that you're you're never done. It's always uh, an opportunity to make it better and to take it to, to new places and new heights. So thank you all for joining us so much. I I am looking forward to all of your sessions at the conference to to learn more about your KM journeys, where you've been and, and where you're going. Once again, I'm Lauren Trees. 
Thanks for joining us for this APQC podcast. And please go to apqc.org to learn more about our research and about the upcoming 2022 conference taking place May 11th and 12th in Houston. Thank you.